Good day, everyone. You're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 100. Let all the words flow. And today, I'm your host, as every other day I do this. But uh, yeah, I'm my, my name's Alex. I'm the host of Time for Your Hobby. And today, I have the honor, the very, very good honor to have Amber as a guest on my show. How are you doing today? Oh, hey, what's up? Not much. Amber was actually one of my first guests on my podcast on episode seven. Was it seven? No, six. It was five. Five. Thanks for remembering. Okay, number five. There's, it's been 100 episodes. Clearly, I meant nothing to you. <laughs> your name. You, your name rings a bell. Yes, Amber. Amber, yeah. yes. But no, she was on episode five about poetry. And today we have her back on for being a novelist. So two different hobbies. They're kind of linked, but not really. So it's kind of cool to get that different perspective. And I'm just excited to be here to have her on and especially to have her on for my 100th episode. She was there in the beginning. She was the reason why I, you know, what, spontaneously decided to start a podcast. It's true. It's all because of me. Ugh. What would I do without you? <laughs> what would you do without me? I don't know. So for the people who haven't listened to episode five yet, you definitely should. You don't have to. No, you have. No, they have to. They absolutely do. No, you can just like not listen to that. Listen <laughs> to I don't it. even remember what I said. You, no, no, you have to. And who is Amber for those who are going to listen to this episode? That's fair. Okay, I get that. I understand that. Because we're not going to go through the whole thing of me again. We're just like going to dive right into the new hobby, right? But just a little bit about you. You could recap or something new that's about you. Something that we haven't mentioned the last time. Ooh, okay. I've been in quarantine. What about you? <laughs> I've been in quarantine as well. Thus making all these episodes. <laughs> Good news. Okay, so we know a little bit about Amber, and you know what? She's right. You just go listen to the episode five to learn more about her as an actual person. Now, of course, I'm going to ask this question, whether I've already asked it in the previous episode or in the last episode of With You. Do you have any social media links or websites or projects that you would love to share so people can come show love and support you? Uh, yeah, you have to go to Wattpad to find me. I'm under AM Morning. So that's like um, a site where people people like come to write novels and stuff it's fairly well known uh so if you want to read my stuff it's under am morning i have instagram but it's private i would just suggest going to Wattpad unless you're like want to follow me i'm not, I'm not that exciting on instagram so you can just stick to Wattpad. <laughs> okay perfect i'll put all that information below so people can come show some love and support your hobby your passion your writing your stories your adventures i'm just going deep into it right now you're everything <laughs> Now, without further ado, to get this episode started, let's talk about the hobby, being a novelist. Okay. How did you get introduced to become a novelist? Uh, I got introduced to being a novelist while I was in middle school. Um, I had to write short stories for class and I just like, I fell in love. I fell in love because real life was shit and I wanted to like write about things that weren't real life. Like I wanted, I wanted some control over what happened in my life and I didn't have that control. So I was like, okay, I can create a world where I do get to control things and like give happily ever afters to characters that I want to give happily ever after to. <laughs> this is going to sound really like crazy, but it, it, I think a huge part of it was like control. Like when I first started writing, if people were mean to me, you'd be in my short story and you would not have a happy ending. <laughs> like it was, like, if you were nice to me, you'd be in my story and you'd be like my best friend. It was just like a thing. I think I used it to express the emotions and things I felt around the people that I was with all day. Um, and then it just kind of like snowballed into, wow, like, I love this. This is so much fun. And then it obviously like I stopped thinking about my life and my who I was like surrounded myself with and focused on fictional characters and made the whole story up from scratch. So, uh, yeah. Do you actually still own some of your first stories that you created? Oh, 
Oh yeah, I have like binders full of them, full of them. It's so cringe. It's cringe. <laughs> they're it's all like, like <laughs> no, it's cringe. And I said this in the last episode. It's cringe, but like because it's all handwritten. And if you talk to Asha, I don't think she's been on a podcast yet, but if she because she's been with me through the like the worst of it. When I like started writing, I was so bad at it. My grammar sucked. I couldn't spell things properly. And like when my characters shouted, it took like half an entire page of them shouting. <laughs> so you just like go back and you read it. You're like, oh my god, this person's literally like bellowing this from the darkest, deepest parts of their soul. It takes up three, like half an entire page for them to say this line. And it was so dramatic. But yeah, that's why it's crazy. For some strange reason, I just imagined like the younger you, when you're writing somebody shouting, you have it in marker instead. And like, ah! I, like I, I would under like, like I would go over the letters pretty aggressively. So yeah, it was pretty much like highlighting the whole like, if, if, if the caps and like half the page wasn't enough, I'm like, oh yeah, let me just go over this a few times few more times so that they really know how upset this character is that they're like screaming <laughs> they just rip through the paper <laughs> yeah oh my god that happened too a few times i was just saying it was just like the time of like before i had a computer right like i know i'm like dating myself a little bit but like i didn't have a laptop back then like we had to wear for fucking dial up to connect online so i mean it was just better for me to write on paper so i can just like get my thoughts out right away um so that's why like when I, when I would write like all those yelling, screaming lines aggressively, it would just like rip through the page and I couldn't do anything about it. I just put tape on the back and like continue with my life. <laughs> it's like the story must go on. <laughs> it must go on. The show must go on. Yeah. And uh, speaking about like, I'm pretty impressed you still have those old stories from when you were younger. Do you ever go back to look at them saying, oh, well, I can kind of like improve on this character or get inspiration from this character or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I still do that in film school. Like, I'm actually going back into my archives to find things to write about and to bring back for my classes. Um, so, yeah, 100%. Like, you you have so many... When you have... Like, when you're a novelist and you have all these ideas and stuff, you got to write it down. And you don't always get through them right away. You don't always write all the stories and all the ideas that you have. But it's like kind of creating your own archive to look back on and be like, wow, this was such a cool idea. Why didn't I ever write this? Or oh, like this is such a beautiful name. Like I want to reuse this. I want to bring it back. So 100%. That's cool. I love the idea is like an old idea can become a new creation and vice versa. And it's just the idea that sure. it just feeds on each other. And you know, it's I can be wrong, but it's you create something, you leave it for later and you come back to it with a sense of inspiration. Mm-hmm, 100%. Like that, I think it's, I think it's not even something you try to do. It's just something that happens when you were like writing and, and you have like bursts of inspirations over the years. Like it's not something you work towards. It's something that just naturally occurs when you're passionate about what you do. Now we've mentioned the characters you use for your stories. Now people are out of the loop of what kind of stories does Amber create. So for you, what is your preferred style of novels? I usually, I used to write third person a lot. Are you talking about genre or like a style of writing? Because those are two different things. Sorry. I am not the expert. So I would, I meant to say <laughs> genre. Yes. <laughs> That's the, the correct term. Yeah. Like even with genre and style, like uh, I usually used to write, I learned to write in third person, which is when you're doing like, she did this and then this happened to her. And then that boy looked at her like that's third person. And instead of first person where it's like, I did this, I, I looked at him or he looked at me, you know, when you're using I instead of she or he. Um, so I started with third person because it's just the way that I was taught. Uh, and then switching to first person was kind of difficult for me. And you would think that it wouldn't be because like, 
if I, if I wrote a, if I wrote in a diary every single day, I was like, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that. But as I told you in my previous podcast, I didn't have a diary. I just had a book of poetry. (laughs) So, uh, it was kind of hard for me to switch the tenses. And like, there was, there was a period where everything just kind of meshed and it was God awful. So, uh, I mean, I'm getting better at first person. I mean, like I have to, because now the book that I'm like successfully writing on Wattpad is first person. So I've improved in that. So I guess I, I can do both now. And then genre wise, oh, my genre is it started off with romance, of course. And it kind of like molded into because I like I like adventure stories and like not sci-fi, but oh, action. Sorry, that's the word. God, Amber, wake up. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so action, romance, drama, family drama is big. So it's, it's kind of in that range. I don't like to limit myself and say that I only want to write books like this. I was like having like little twists and I'm like, because I'm such a huge like geek when it comes to Marvel and DC, I love stories about like superpowers and I love stories that like just have a little edge to them. And so they're not like your basic every day. I'm so over vampires and werewolves. I'm sorry. <laughs> like so overdone. So if I see one about that, I just like skip it completely. Like I'm not dealing with it anymore. But yeah, I think that would encompass. So it's it's like general fiction or it's teen fiction, whatever category. And that's a huge that's a huge category. But I think I fall somewhere in that. Right now, what I'm writing is teen fiction or teen romance. So. And is there any like type of genre that you love to tackle, but you just haven't found the sense of inspiration yet to try it? Yeah. Um, I really want to write a modern fantasy or urban fantasy. I call it modern fantasy, but the correct term is urban fantasy. So urban fantasy is fantasy stuff, but set in the modern day. So like there are things like fairies and dragons and like whatever you want, but like it's set in present day. So there's like a touch of technology added to it. There's cars, you know, like it's uh, like it's a teenage dragon, but he has a cell phone and like he can morph in and out of like, I like that kind of stuff, but it's very hard for me to to write that. But thankfully, ever since I've been in film school, um, I realized putting it into a script is so much easier. So I'm practicing taking my urban fantasy that I've been wanting to write and publish and be successful with for, I think, about four years now, and I'm turning it into a script. So you're saying that you're uh, like you're currently in film school and that actually helped you out with your creative process when you're creating your novels and did it do vice versa? Did your novels inspire you to do more film school, like create new ideas? Oh man, dude, film school was such a game changer for me. I didn't even like film school wasn't even on my radar. I just wanted to write. Like I just love writing and telling story. Like first and foremost, I consider myself a storyteller. I don't care what, what context it comes in, whether it's poetry or uh, being a novelist or being a filmmaker. Like I just love telling stories. So um, Matthew, my boyfriend suggested, he's like, why don't you like go into screenwriting? I'm like, I don't know if I have what it takes to be in screenwriting. And just like on a whim, cause I was like so depressed in like Ottawa. Cause it, like, I didn't really know what direction my life was going in, except that I just wanted to write. I was, I went to school for media and communications and I hated it. Like I don't want to do it. So I just didn't feel passionate about it. And he's like, yeah, just go back to school and continue what you love doing. Like apply to screenwriting programs. I'm like, okay, whatever, what do I have to lose? And I did. And I got in and I moved my whole life here for it. And it's opened insane amount of doors, like not just for like my writing style, but turning my books into screenplays is, is completely different. And it's so challenging and like interesting. And I love that aspect of it. And then now writing for video games, cause I won that contest or whatever to like write a video game, which I would have never thought that that was something I wanted to do. 
like I'm interested in voice acting and like being an actor in theater or whatever, but I never thought I'd actually write a video game. So it's just insane. I don't know where I'm headed, but it's, and it's scary, but it's like super exciting too. That is awesome, man. I, I did not know you did the video game thing. And if you know, you need a deep voice for a video game character to read your script. <laughs> I know, I know a guy who can help you out with that. All right, all right, all right. I know, I know. I have you in my vault. Don't worry. Yes. I know where all your strengths lie, <laughs> and all my weaknesses as well. I can't forget those. Oh yeah, yeah. I have your weaknesses too. Oh, pff, no, you don't. Quite a few no, you don't. Ah, stop, stop, stop being modest. No, you don't. Anyways, uh, so this is a long, long debate versus like in novel and writing. Some people prefer to write on a computer, while some other people love to write on paper. Now for you, you might like the combination of both, but what are some benefits of both of them? Oh God, I do not like the combination of both. Are you kidding me? As soon as I <laughs> bought a laptop, I was like, what is a pen and paper? Like, bye. No, I am such a snob. I like, as soon as I was able to stop writing on paper, I stopped because I, it hurt my hands so much. And you don't understand, Alex, like I would be sitting in my, in my family's living room for hours and hours, just writing like front and back for as long as I could until like I couldn't anymore and my hands hurt. And when I got a computer, I was like, this is a game changer. Like this is a complete and total game changer. I can write for hours, like into the night and my hands are fine. Like I'm sure long-term I'll have some uh, sort of arthritis situation going on, but uh, I a hundred percent trust and rely on computers and my phone. Um, 90% of my stories that I write is on my phone. So uh, but like not to say that it's bad to write on paper. It's nostalgic for me. And sometimes it's cathartic. And sometimes it's like, can you actually write a paragraph or whatever without having that backspace instead of like crossing out? So it kind of challenges you. If, you. if you're a writer and you really want to challenge yourself, try writing a short story on a, on a, with a pen and paper <laughs> and like not scratch anything out. Like just let your thoughts flow. Um, that's hard shit, dude. Like that's hard to do. Um, so because like the internet slash technology and like word, it gives you so much control. Again, this comes back to control. Like you, you don't like that sentence. You want to change this. You do it instantly. You don't got to wait. You don't got to like look back at the work that you did and see all the mistakes you made. I mean, you can, if you're weird like that, you can like add notes to the side and like keep track of everything that you've altered. I don't like doing that, but some people do. So yeah, I think it, it just depends on what your personality is. And yes, the ability that later on you could always look back and like you said, pen and paper or pencil and paper is a little harder to like change. Let's say if you want to change a few sentences or a paragraph, it kind of ruins the structure of things and yeah. doing everything on a computer is a lot easier. And you know what? You're talking about arthritis. Well, maybe by the time you get it, a knock on wood that you don't get it, <laughs> maybe you can like plug a USB into your brain and you can just dictate everything transmitted Jesus. by YouTube, yeah, Bluetooth into the computer, what that you're thinking. <laughs> so quickly. Why do I have the USB in my brain, dude? It's 2040. Uh, I don't know. Technology has us downloading and Spits uploading. Out a random number. It's 2040 yeah, it's and Amber has arthritis. <laughs> and now she can't write it. That's a great, great storyline. I'm into it. <laughs> you could take it. You could take it. I, I won't, uh, I won't <laughs> take it from you from taking it from me. That sounds weird saying that, but yes. <laughs> So that's, that was my sense of inspiration to come up with that random thought. Now for you, where do you go to get inspiration to create a new novel or even chapters? A lot of it's from my archives these days. I just go back to see what I haven't worked on. And, and then, um, especially for school, because it's so intimidating being around other writers. And it's like some of them are like incredibly talented and like you can't help feel insecure. And you're like, is my shit even good? Like, is this good stuff that I'm creating? So I always go back to see 
what inspired me before and then tweak it to make it my for the for the present as opposed to like how it was out some things are outdated right when you think when you're like writing stuff down in 2012 that shit is not going to be the same as when you like look back at it on 2020 you're gonna be like oh that doesn't exist that stopped working people don't use blackberries anymore like what is this if you do if you use a blackberry i'm sorry but like <laughs> no it's not a thing anymore <laughs> so you know you just you uh, you elevate it and you fix it and you tweak it and um, so that's what I've been doing for fresh stuff for the new inspiration. Oh, this is going to sound so cheesy because I hate this. Like I hate this, like, and I know you're going to get into like, what are some stereotypes and misconceptions? <laughs> like, like, but it's true. The dreams, like they just do something. Like when you have a good dream and it's so messed up and weird or like, you're like, Oh my God, I want to know what happened next. I woke up too early. Like what the, what, what in God's green earth happened? <laughs> you just wake up in the middle of light, you write it down. And then you turn something into it. So I don't like, I don't like the thought that that's a thing, but it is. It's a very cliche thing of writers. Um, we're very visual and vivid. We have very vivid dreams. Um, most of us, I think. And like, I want to say most of us because there are people in my, in my writing program at Toronto Film School that are in the program that are just learning to write stories. Like they want to create and they want to dive into this career path. They don't have enough experience with taking their thoughts and putting them on paper. So I don't want to say everyone's like that, but there's a huge chunk of us that draw inspiration from our dreams. And like you write what you know, that's a huge rule. Like I'm not going to sit down and write a freaking drama about a hospital. Like I don't know anything about hospitals. I try to avoid them like a plague. Like I don't have any intellectual information about like medicine or what sort of surgeries that take place. Like all my information comes from either going to the hospital and being in the hospital or Grey's anatomy. Like that's it, <laughs> you know, like the dramas that I watch on K on like the K dramas that I watch online. Like I don't know shit about that. So why am I going to sit there and try to like write that story? I'm not, you write about what you know and what you're, what you've lived through. And that's the best way to create magic. I'm actually thinking of writing my own story about having luscious hair at 28 because I currently am not bald. I have very luscious hair on the top of my head. If if you look from very far and put like a little uh, wig on my head. <laughs> in Toronto. I can't see anything that you're talking about. And I tried to do video chat with you, but you didn't have a camera set up. So I don't know what you want from me right now. The thing is, if I get a camera on my computer and do video chats, like the people will just see the glare of the light into the camera and then you'll just be like, ding. That's it. I'm not talking about other people. I'm talking about me. A uh, hello. Oh, we could do that after with my phone, you know, because I am a millennial. I know technology. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, speaking about phone and technology, you're talking about the lucid, like, no, I was going to say lucid dreams, but the dreams you get, the inspirations you get. And sometimes, you know, when you're about to go to sleep or when you're sleeping and you wake up from a dream, do you go straight to the computer right away? Or do you have like a little recorder saying, just the main ideas, like, okay, this, 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 this. I just go to notes on my phone. You wouldn't believe the number of notes I have on my phone. Like, it's insane. And I don't want to say that dreams are the only thing that, like, people get inspiration from. You also get inspiration from what already exists. Like, there's a saying that no idea is a new idea. Like, it's very hard to come across new ideas. Um, and, like, fresh ideas that aren't, that haven't already been done. So, like, because I'm an avid reader... Uh, of like manga and like I love comic books and stuff and I love watching K-dramas and things like that and I'm into movies obviously I'm in film school I should be into movies and TV shows 
you draw inspiration from all those things. If I sit down and I read something and I'm like, holy crap, this is a brilliant concept. How can I make it mine? You do it. So there was recently this amazing K-drama I saw called Extraordinary You, which is about a character in a, in a book that realizes they're alive and that they're not. First of all, they realize that they're a character in a book and then they realize they're not even the main character. They're an extra. And I was like, whoa, this is so crazy. Like what? I didn't even like what I've seen people do like things like that, but I've never like took it that extra step where they're not, oh, they're not even the main character. They're an extra. And like, how does that, how kind of, what kind of emotional roller coaster ride would a character go on realizing that the, the world doesn't revolve around them? Cause we all think the world revolves around us. And so that was eye opening. And I told my prof that I was like, yeah, this drama, this drama is amazing. He's like, okay, then take ideas from it and, and make it yours. Cause that's what writing is. That's what like creating is you, you take from others. This might sound really odd, but I find myself personally that some of the most creative stories out there come from mangas. I don't know why, just something about yeah. how they create their stories. Yeah. And this is like in the comic and manga realm. But like, I yeah. always thought like, oh, what if like Japanese storytellers you know, teamed up with like Hollywood storytellers and like, oh, that'd be cool. Because you know, this is just me babbling, but I'm I'm watching, I'm more, uh, reading a manga right now called Dr. Stone, where it's about... Oh my God, I love that. I love that manga so much. It's so good. So to give a context of what that manga is, it's basically out of the blue in one moment. It's like normal civilization. Life is normal. And then out of the blue, everybody turns to stone and they're still alive and they stay in stone for, uh, I think it's 3000 years. Once one guy actually breaks out of the stone and another guy does. And then they're going through the steps of going through civilization again. So learning how to create fire, create the wheel, but it's more, there's more scientific things to it, but it's the idea of like sulfuric acid and uh, copper making electricity. And, and it's like, it's, it's really cool. I just you know like the concept. what's so funny about you, about you watching that show is that I literally just introduced it to Matt. <laughs> and as soon as you watched it, and he said, that's the power of signing. He's like, why is Alex not watching the show right now? He's like, well, he needs to watch the show. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's already on top of the show because <laughs> it's the power of science. Like, it's just, that's, that's your line. The like, power? that's your motto. <laughs> I know nothing about science, but it is the power of science. <laughs> and it's like so funny hearing you like, yeah, 100%. Of course, Alex is watching Dr. Stone. It's a great show. You guys, everyone, I recommend it. Like, highly. And the only thing that I don't like about that show is how, and I think this is with all anime, like <laughs> once an episode ends, it takes five minutes to get into the new episode. I'm just like, do you know how many times I heard that guy say, I've loved you for hundreds and thousands <laughs> of years. I'm like, I get it, bro, move on, let's go, let's go. And yeah, I mean, like that's a whole different topic about like fillers and anime and we can talk about that on our own time. <laughs> we you know yeah, what, we definitely show, will. Great start of mine. So yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's about like the concept of like great storytellers and stuff like that. And Amber is a wonderful storyteller. It, it's, I can't even say the word correctly. A wonderful storyteller and a fantastic storyteller. And actually being all that intertwined, what would you say is the best part about being a storyteller slash novelist? Uh, when I was in high school, watching your stories come to life on stage, that was mind boggling. Like I was like, I couldn't even believe that my shit was like getting taken and then i had after saying my lines and then just watching everything like be in front of me and exist and you're like oh shit like this is crazy like i wrote that and he's saying that and it's on stage <laughs> and it's being performed and people are listening to it i think that's the greatest satisfaction is that a people enjoy your story and b they think it's good enough to turn it into something real um that being said screenwriting 
obviously helps me achieve that goal and dream that I have in mind is like taking a story that I want to write and like putting it on television or, you know, into a video game or into um, a film. But with my novels, a different sort of satisfaction I get, especially off Wattpad, is people investing in my stories, like getting attached to the characters. Because at the end of the day, all stories, all storytellers, what we just want to do is we want to make people feel something. We want to we want to make them attached to our characters. You want to make them relate to our characters. And when you see people commenting and and like, this is what I've been going through lately with, with my novel, um, which you can read on the pad. It's called Devil on the Rooftop. Go give it more votes and likes. I'm like on a high right now. But <laughs> what I love about it is, is that everyone just is so invested in the story, and they're taking times they're taking the time to write paragraphs being like, this is what I want to happen. If this doesn't happen, I'm going to cry. Please make this happen. It's like, wow, incredible. Like people are so into it and they're so like, they're here for it. And there's nothing more rewarding than that for me anyways. Um, so yeah, that's what I think it is. That's an awesome feeling to just have somebody like look at it, like something that you thought it was like, you're doing it for yourself. And then somebody looked at it like, I, f- I pulled inspiration from this. I really got attached to this. No, I get, I get what you mean. Like I, I, this sounds a little egotistical, but I've had somebody who contacted me saying, Hey, I've listened to your podcast about baking with Awa and my other friend Corona. And she said, well, I'm going to, I'm writing a, like an essay or a thesis. And is it okay if I use those examples about like hobbies and health and like the, the brain and stuff like that? Why I'm is like, that egotistical? That's amazing. You're doing something great and people are tuning in and obviously they're like appreciating what you do and then like utilizing it. And that's, it's, um, it's awesome. Don't, don't, be, don't think it's egotistical. I think it's awesome. I'm like, dude, really? Like, I'm, I'm just talking. I'm the babbling buffoon right here. And, but you know what? My guests are no. very, very wise and very kind and very generous with everything they share. He. But yes. But no, now we got to go back to you. Come on. We, we can't talk about me and my apparent uh, implications in a essay. Yeah, it's really dangerous because whenever you and I get on the like a conversation, we can talk for hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> so speaking about hours, hours and hours spent, how many novels have you written? Oh dear God, I cannot even give you a number. We're talking about the shitty ones that I started when I was a kid. It's probably in the hundreds. Um if you're talking about like completed novels, uh, maybe a little over twenty. Not even. I wouldn't even say 20, maybe around 20, but again, they're not good. (laughs) They're just, they just exist. They're, they're just sitting around because it was something that I love to do. It's not something that I either currently use or want to use in the future. Um, the good stuff is either on Wattpad or I'm using it in film school. Actually, speaking of which, like you're saying some, the story, some stories come to an end. Do you have the end from the beginning you start the story? I mean, not like how it's going to end, but like, all right, I want to end this story. Or do you think of stories like, all right, well, this one, I might continue it, continue it, continue it into in like 17 books, for example, kind of idea. Okay. So it's going to be really weird because I'm in term three now. And if my prof ever heard that I started a book without knowing the ending, <laughs> he would glare me and glare at me and tell me to get out of his classroom um, because all we learn is beginning, middle, and end, and then like the inciting incident, plot one, plot point, plot point one, plot point two, climax, and then conclusion. Like that's you have to know those things for a movie and television and all that stuff. You have to have to have. You can't even think about going to propose or like do an elevator pitch without knowing those things. But before I went to film school, I didn't really know what the fuck 
I was doing. I was just like, I know that there's going to be an ending and I can. Here's the thing with me. I can plan and plan and plan until I'm blue in the face, but shit doesn't always turn out the way I want it to. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to like restrict myself to being like, in this chapter, this is what's going to happen. In this chapter, this is what's going to happen. And it has to stay like that because that's not being creative. You're like limiting yourself to other possibilities. If you have new ideas and you have other things that you want to happen or put in there, I felt like it was really restrictive to just be like, this is the ending and I can't change it. Like it has to end this way. It has to, it has to, it has to. I don't do that to myself. Maybe other people do, but I don't like restricting myself to just one ending. Usually most of the time when I plan an ending, it doesn't go anywhere close to being like that. Like you would not believe the devil on the rooftop that my novel on my pad, like it, it changed like five times in a single day. It was bad. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to end it like this. I don't, I don't like this. And you just, you know, you can't limit yourself that way. But in screenwriting, unfortunately, you have no choice. There's no option. So I have to learn that there's a place for me to do that, like write a book and not know the ending and, and that be okay. And then a place where you have to know the ending. And maybe that will change if I ever like self-publish or whatever. Maybe the rules are going to keep like evolving for me, but I don't like to restrict myself creatively or like put myself in a box. And you know, that's what I respect about you a lot. Like you really do think outside the box. You do like to think. You have to, I think. The divergent thinking and not just the linear of like, all right, well, this is the linear line. This is how it has to go. Yeah. Well, I'm like, well, what if this happened? What if this happened? And what, what if this turned around? So like anything can happen and inspiration can strike at any moment. And I really do appreciate that from you. Oh, thanks. Good. Thanks. And uh, speaking about you, you've been very inspirational for me, but I have to ask you, is there a novelist that inspires you? Besides JK Rowling, she's like an obvious, like writing, writing author, godlike to us authors, right? Like my mom, when I was like writing like a crazy version, she's like, oh, my little young JK Rowling. I'm like, mom, stop. I'm not anywhere <laughs> near as great as JK Rowling. Don't even compare me to her. Kristen Kishore, I really like her. She wrote the Graceling and Fire and Bitter Blue. Like, and again, I think that's what inspired me to want to write fantasy, but like urban fantasy, because her books are very fantasy related. Um, and she used fantasy plus superpowers. And I was like, into it. I was like, oh my God, I can't stop reading this. Like, I want to know more. And then Matt's favorite author, who he got me into, is Patrick Rothfuss. He wrote Name of the Wind. And I think those three are my top ones right now. I also like like just fun girly novels um, by like Sophia Kingsella and stuff. Just like just to like read something fun and make me laugh. But I think those writing styles that I've read, Harry Potter, like J.K. Rowling just writes things effortlessly. Like her writing is just so easy to read. Whereas Patrick Rothfuss is like, it's like complex, but it's like it it's so addictive. Like you can't stop. And it makes you want to do research. You're like, Oh, what's happening here? And what's this word mean? Like it really like enlightens you. And then, um, Kristen Kishore, she's just like, a, she's just like a story wizard. Like I just, I just can't stop reading her thing. <laughs> like I, I, I literally read one of her books in one day. I was like, I can't stop. It's so good. But yeah. Okay. So I have a really tough question. If you had the opportunity to meet any of these novelists, what would be the oh, one man. question you would have that you would ask them? Okay, this is the kind of mentality I have. Like, this is kind of asking, like, if I ever met Dylan O'Brien, don't judge me, or like, <laughs> or like Ryan God. Like, if I met a celebrity that I was into, like, what would you say to them? And what would you like? He's sitting right there. I'm like, dude, we're all human beings. Like, I respect you and I like, I appreciate your craft, but I don't want to treat you as if, like, even though I think that you're like 
the best thing that ever existed. I don't want to make you feel that pressure or make you feel, Oh, like, Oh, you're, you're JK Rowling. And like, I must bow down to you this instant. I just, I don't want to have a cool chat with her. I don't want it to be anything weird or creepy in any sense. And I think if you watched enough interviews online with JK Rowling, I think I'd get my answer. <laughs> like she's not famous. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's anything I could ask her that would enlighten me. I think maybe if I could get anything out of them, I'd be like, could you please edit this? Could you just please tell me if this is a good story? Would you have some time to be my mentor? That's it. No, we're, we're like in a fun little moment of like happiness, asking all these questions. Now I'm just going to switch over to some dark and like, ah, not so fun, but necessary for knowledge. What are some misconceptions about people who are novelists? Um, that we're all introverted, that we're all like quiet and geeky and like sit in our room and have nothing else to do, but like write. And that like, we only get inspired when it's raining. Like, what is that? I mean, it's kind of true, but not really. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it, yes, when it's raining outside and you have nothing, nothing to do, yes, you're going to pull out your laptop or your pen and paper and start writing. But I, when I was doing getting a tour of film school, there was um, this girl, she's, she's an acting student, and she was like, oh, yeah, like, my, this is, my name is so-and-so, I'm an acting student, blah, blah, blah. If you have any questions, please, like, don't feel, like, don't feel like you're bothering us, just please ask. She's like, I, I find that a lot of writing students are very, like, quiet and, like, reserved and, like, you know, um, not very social. And my advisor looked at her, she's like, Amber's not like that. She <laughs> has no problem voicing her opinions. <laughs> like, you don't need to worry about her. And then... My prof was like, if you're if you're in an elevator at film school and you're stuck with like riding up the elevator with students, this is how you know who is who. If they won't shut up, it's the acting students, right? If they won't stop talking about films and movies and the project, it's the production students. If the elevator is quiet and dead silent, it's the writers. And I was like, that is so bogus. Like, that's not true. You don't just categorize people like that. Anyways, it just really bothers me. Sorry. <laughs> it, it, like, I... I don't think I've ever told you this, but I tried to go apply to work at a comic book store and I wasn't like the look for it. They like, didn't take me seriously because I didn't have the look because I wasn't wearing like a graphic t-shirt. Like I had my makeup done. I was wearing a dress and I wanted to work there. And I just like hate that kind of stereotype. Like why does my clothes and my appearance or like a misconception of me get to decide whether or not I'm capable of the job or where my interests lie? You know what I mean? And people say that to me. They're like, oh, I didn't think that you were the kind of girl that would be into like anime and manga. And I'm like, why? Why is that a thing? <laughs> that's I think that's the that's the stereotype that I don't like about the writers have that we're all quiet and timid and just like nerdy or geeky i mean yes i'm nerdy and geeky but <laughs> i'm also outgoing and spontaneous and adventurous well not too adventurous but like you know i like hanging out i like being so, like i'm a social chameleon i can hang out with anybody um there's not a lot of people that don't like hanging out with me i'm pretty cool i'm just saying i just don't like except that you don't like hanging out with that alex guy god he's bald don't don't god, you also so hate bald why? people yeah me god, too <laughs> i hate him he's like the baldest man i know yeah, Jeez, like what is that is that a chrome <laughs> dome what is he trying to do Half a soccer ball head? Ew. <laughs> but I completely get what you're saying. And I, I would like to think I'm in the same boat. You know, I can vibe with anybody, have a conversation with anybody about anything. And this might sound odd, but like one of the reasons why I kind of didn't decide to do a video type of podcast is that some people are judgmental and it's sad that we live in a world oh, that yeah. people judge a lot. So yeah, I decided to do like good. just audio. So when people listen, like, oh, listen to the voice first. And if they choose to go check How it out. What are you like, talking about? Alex, you're super handsome. Don't even. No, no, no. Well, like not necessarily. Not, not about me, but like my guests, some people who are shy. Oh, but that sounds weird right. saying me saying that. But I'm like, 
just the idea I'm trying to make it a comfort zone so people can come on and just talk and then people fall in love with the personalities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's and people are shy in their own respect, right? Like some people don't like being on camera and mm-hmm. whatever. And yeah. to each their own. That's, that, oh that's a cliche. So people listening, Amber is my creative sister. Yeah, and that's uh, <laughs> that's that's the thing. It's official. Yeah, it's even though we're not it's related okay. by blood, but you know we're creative siblings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've known each other a long time. Now another question to ask you is, what has being a novelist taught you in life? It's taught me to be patient. It's taught me to be resilient. And it's taught me to have faith in myself because writing a story and like not knowing if it's good enough. And there's so many days, even today, these days, I'm so hard on myself. Like you're your worst critic and you just shoot yourself down. You're like, this is garbage. And you're like, why are people it's like, seriously, last week I was like, why are people voting for this? This is trash. I'm like, I'm, I'm just, I should just delete this. And that's like, <laughs> Okay, you're being crazy. I know you need a minute. Go take your minute and then come back when you're like back to your normal self. Like it's, it really tests your, um, it tests my confidence, like um, whether or not I'm a good writer um, or a novelist or a storyteller. Um, you have to be patient enough with yourself and your writing to let it grow and develop in the way that you want it to. And you have to push yourself to finish things that you start. If you're writing a novel and you just drop it, and I've done that a lot, everyone does that and you don't continue, you don't finish. And it's like with anything in life, you, you start something, you got to see it through. And it teaches you that it teaches you to see things through. If that, if that doesn't do it, your fan base will eat you alive until you finish the damn thing. <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to finish this podcast. It's, I'm out of the hundred episodes. Please don't eat me alive. But yeah, I think those are the most important things that I've learned from being a writer. That made me feel so intellectual and so in tuned with my inner passion. Um, but sorry, I'm over it. I'm done. I'm here. I'm present. No, 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 no. This is your moment. This is your zone. Be in the moment. Be for <laughs> yourself. But no, I, I agree. It has. I seen you. I've known you for many years now, and you have grown, and you've become more wise, and you are very dedicated. When you have something on your mind, you're like nothing's gonna stop me, and I love that. Yeah, you have to be like that, especially with the arts, man. There's no one, there's not a lot of support there for the arts. You know what I mean, guys? Hey, my fellow artists, support the arts, people. You're listening to this podcast. You got to support the arts. It's the law. <laughs> <laughs> what was your biggest challenge when you first started being a novelist or writing? Learning how to write properly, like figuring out where a paragraph starts and ends and like where you start the conversation. Because everyone writes differently, right? Everyone has their own little niche. But it's like there is there is a pretty standard structure that you need to follow. And if you don't have this, oh, my God, I sound like my fucking professor right now. <laughs> it's true. Uh, even in screenwriting and even in writing a novel, there is a structure that you generally have to follow when when um, when there's dialogue, when there's description, when things are happening, how you tie all those things together was difficult for me in the beginning. Because if it didn't make sense on paper, reading it out loud would sound like nonsense. It's like, okay, if this person is talking, like if a person is talking, you have to be like, the flower is pink, said Amber, right? But you have to like, make sure that you know that flower is pink is dialogue. So you want to make sure that that's established. And then said Amber is also established as, oh, it's Amber speaking. So those little things in the beginning were hard for me because I was learning English and I didn't know what the the hell was what. So that I think was the trickiest part was to get the structures. Like you can't just tell a story and to tell a story, you have to make it make sense. 
So it feels like you have that pretty solidifying, like you have that down to a size. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay, so somewhat, somewhat solidified, like half solidified, like jello. Let's say kind of. Here's like, my thing. I think there's never a point, unless you're a master. I'm sure even JK Rowling will be like, there's still things I'm learning about being a writer. Like, it never just stops, right? It, uh, whether it's about structure or the story or how you want to tell your. Because um, she, she did a screenplay, right? Like, she did. I think she started to do a screenplay. And, like, again, I love JK Rowling, but that screenplay was not that good. The the Cursed Child, like I read that book and I was like, as a film student, I was like, what is this? Like, did they half ask this? Did you just pull this out of their ass? Like, you can't win it all, but there's also so many different ways to tell stories. There's no way to just be a master at it. There's always ways to improve and learn, I think. And that's completely fair. So this is actually a perfect segue to my next question, which is what is your current challenge today? Writing a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> they they demanded a sequel, so I got I got. Oh, I didn't say push. I don't have to do anything I don't want to, but they. I want to make them happy. I want to make my readers happy, and they wanted more of the story. So my latest issue with all of that is that how do I continue the story instead of just making it about romance and the characters' personal journeys, which is super important. Like the characters' journeys are very important. I don't want it to just be like this, oh, it's a sequel for the sake of having a sequel because that's what the readers demand. And it's like, if there's no main story, I'm not writing this. There's no point in me writing a story just about romance. Like go read something else if that's what you want. No offense. Sorry. <laughs> there is a lot there is a lot of romance, but I need it to tie into a legitimate story. Otherwise it feels forced. Otherwise it feels like it's not mine and I'm just doing it to please others. So I ha I was like, I'm not writing a sequel until I come with a solid story and a solid like continuation of what just happened. Otherwise, I'm not doing it. And I did. I figured it out. I was very proud. Thank you. Thank you. All the applause. Um, and it's going to be out in summer 2020 because I'm starting school soon. Online, obviously. All right. So everybody, by the time this actually comes out, this might come out in summer 2020. So really? yeah, because this is episode 100. I I just released episode 85, so that's a few months ahead of schedule, so yeah. Okay, well, the first one's called Devil on the Rooftop, which Alex knows because I post about it on Instagram like every other fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm just very excited. So the first one's called Devil on the Rooftop, and the second one is called Angel in the Courtyard. Perfect. I'll share that one if it comes out the exact same time as this comes out. So far, my timing has been pretty good. I just not forced, but just coincidentally. So uh, yeah, I'll share that in the links and Amber will send it and then we'll just make it happen. Share the love. And you know what? If you made it, you put your effort, you put your heart, you put your soul into it, share it. That's the idea. There's no shame in promoting what you have worked hard for. Thanks. And speaking about just giving advice, do you have any word of advice for people who might be interested in this hobby? Read. See what's out there. Like you have to know what kind of stories are being told and like in what way they're being told before you can actually sit down and start writing your own. And please, for the love of God, write what you know. Don't try to like, I know fanfic is a thing, but I have, I have personal issues with fanfic. And just the fact that Fifty Shades of Grey was like a spinoff of Twilight irks me in ways that I will never be able to express. But just like read things and try to get inspiration and turn it into your own story and what you know and struggle and work hard and it's a part of it like you, you you can't like start something in a day and finish it in a day like it takes time patience so much patience so if you're if you're going to start a project try to see it through i think that's what i would say that's perfect advice and it should be applied for 
literally anything. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking about projects themselves, this is the part where I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end. Do you have any links, websites, uh, social media things you'd like to share, or even projects that you'd like to share with the listeners? Um, stay tuned for my video game, okay? I don't know how that's going to go, but there will be a video game that I'll have worked on, and I would like everyone to go on and play it. It's an eight-minute video game. It's student-made, which is fine. It's not a big deal. But I've never written a video game before, so that'd be really cool. I'll share the details with Alex uh, once it's out and everything, and maybe he can let you guys know. That's super dope fresh. <laughs> super dope fresh. What is that? Is that a new thing? I've been saying it for years. I, I don't know. <laughs> super dope fresh super dope fresh yes you could use that in your I next feel like novel it should either you... be like that's super dope or super fresh super dope fresh it's super dope fresh <laughs> that's an alex thing to do it's like part of your daily breakfast get some super dope fresh with a side of orange juice i think that's a weird area <laughs> yeah my mind travels a lot that's a that's a quote from friends if anyone knows that quote we can be best buddies i love friends it's a great show okay another show sorry i'm just gonna quickly tell you guys about a show that i think it, you should watch so there's a show called Castlevania on Netflix. Everyone needs to drop what they're doing after listening to this podcast and go watch <laughs> Castlevania. Okay, it's animated. And I know it contradicts what I said that I'm over vampire stories and everything like that. But this story is so fresh and so insane and so dark and twisted. And it sucks you in. And the dialogue and the voice acting, everything is beautiful and perfect and i wouldn't change a single thing and i think matt almost cried when it was over <laughs> there's only three seasons uh it's like eight or ten episodes each season it's a masterpiece go watch it you heard it from amber you have to go watch it listen to this episode well well this episode's almost done so once you're f- done finishing listening to this episode uh go go watch castlevania and then actually you know what before all doing that go read amber's book Yes. Oh, you can, you can watch Castlevania first and then go read Amber's book. <laughs> Do one eye for Castlevania and the other eye for the book. There. <laughs> Compromise. <laughs> Multitasking. Oh, God. Now for the last question is the one that I'm never prepared, but always enjoy having. Do you have any questions for me about writing novels? <laughs> I want to save your, uh, save your ass this time and say no, because I know how you feel about reading. No, no, go on. Hit me. I, I'm completely being transparent. Go ahead. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Don't mind. Don't worry. Go ahead. Okay, are you going to read my book? <laughs> uh, <laughs> eventually I might like read, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to read like parts here and there. And, uh, reading has never been my, my strongest suit. And I know that I, that's, this is an excuse, but I am dyslexic. So reading has never been my passion. That's why I think I've gone into podcasts because I just talk a lot more than like reading. Get out of the box soon, dude. You got to like, you just got to try. You got to do things you're not comfortable doing. You know, I don't like camping, but apparently I'm going soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like apparently I'm going, it's like, is it by choice or by force? Or like, it's are you forced? Not, it's not. Like, it's just that, like, you know, Matt's very active and he wants to go camping and canoeing and, like, hiking and shit. And I'm a glamper. Like, I need a working toilet when I go out. So, it's just like a compromise. You do things that you're not comfortable doing for the people you love. But what I'm saying is, get out of your comfort zone, Alex. If not my book, go read Harry Potter, for the love of God. Everyone should have read that book. I didn't read Harry Potter. I know, I know, I know. I don't need to hear it. I know. Well, one, I know one, a few books I did enjoy was Othello because I was forced to read it in his school. To Kill a, uh, did I read To Kill a Mockingbird? I think I did. Uh, also, Edgar Allan Poe. That was dark. That was really... The Hobbit I loved. You are very sophisticated with your choices. Because they were forced upon me by school. Also, a bunch of French books because I went to French school. So 
I don't know. French was a lot harder than English for me, even though it's my first language. So maybe that's why it deteriorated, like just pushed me away from reading. I know I should read more. Mm-hmm. I know I'm getting judged by Amber right now. Everyone should read more. Even I should read more. I do not read enough. I need to stop watching dramas and go open a book. But you <laughs> know what? Maybe, maybe so I'm redeeming myself a little bit. But when I do my podcast, I do write questions. So I do research about the hobby that itself a little bit. Stop. No, that's not a thing. That's not a thing, Alex. What? I research like whole. I I got like things I'm researching that that's I've never knew about. That's reading. Researching and reading a book is not is not even in the same fucking boulevard, dude. Don't even the, the with reading, me right now. The reading aspect. I'm not saying I'm like. There's no story when you're researching. Well, there is a story, but I mean, yeah, like, but that's what I want you to do. I want you to go read a story. That's. I think that's the main thing from here. Go read a story. Go read a story. Okay, it's like a page. Once Maximum upon a time, 12. Alex was being right. attacked by a girl named Amber. Well, Alex got even. really sad. <laughs> Alex is starting to cry, but pretended it was sweat, but really it was he was crying. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> That's it. I'm gonna have to give that a D minus. I'm gonna have to give that a D minus. I'm sorry, no. Still passing great. I'll take it. So uh, yeah, <laughs> there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Amber, for coming on and just you know supporting this podcast by coming back as a guest and just. You know, for over an hour now, just talking about everything and anything on our mind about being creative people. Yeah, it's always fun talking to you about this stuff. So if you guys want to learn more about Amber, by all means, go give her some support, show her some love. I'll put all the links in the description below and it'll be very easy to find and follow. And of course, if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast, you know, leave a review. It helps out. And I'm also selling. How many merch- times have you said that? Uh, on this episode, once. <laughs> <laughs> I can say it again. If you like the podcast, go look for you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I'm selling merch as well. And also, if you want to support, I have a patron. If you have that, uh, you know, anything helps. And uh, so, yeah, once again, thank you so much, Amber. You're welcome, Alex. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. Yeah, do it. Bye.